It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Hey, everybody. Welcome to BGN Radio, episode number 198. I'm John Stolnes. We are two episodes away from the magic number 200. Um, I'm sure we're going to have the dancing girls in, and it'll be a blast uh, for for number 200. Joining me on the podcast for Eagles Dallas preview is John Barchard, uh, the man, the myth, the legend of WIP, and this fine podcast over and over and over again. Hey, John, how's it going, pal? First of all, I'm having a heart attack because as we we were just talking about it, I I can't believe we're two away from 200, and I promised everybody like something special, (laughs) and I don't know if that's going to happen, but I would like to also point out that I have not watched the awful Monday night football game, and I haven't watched one moment of this awful Thursday night football game between the Smurfs and what looks like somebody pooped into a Grey Poupon jar, shook it up, and put it on a jersey. So I'm thankful for that tonight, John. I know. It sounds like something I really want to race to the TV to go see, the way you described it there so beautifully. That's why you're in radio, because you paint a picture, and I can, I can, right. I can, it's in my head right now. Also joining the show this week, BLG, the man from Eagles 24-7, Brandon Lee Gowton. Brandon, how you doing, pal? I'm doing good, John, and other John. This is weird that we have two Johns on the show, but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm glad I can actually be here, and I'm glad my laptop survived a glass of yes. water being spilled at it at our remote show from the, the great Green Parrot in Newtown on Tuesday. That's right. I, I, gotta, I just have to mention in there because, it, I mean, like, literally everybody's heart sank because we had just got done. <laughs> Right, recording that podcast. Literally just got done. Shouts to Brandon Lee Gouton's cousin who uh, accidentally. <laughs> oh wow, he totally dropped it in there. Who uh, accidentally, because he was trying to say goodbye, but dumped an entire glass of water on BLG's computer, which I had requested that he bring because we have had computer problems uh, in the past uh, going to those remotes. So I figured, well, hey, if he's coming down anyway, why not bring his beautiful computer that has literally everything he's written on for Birds 24-7 since he's been there and probably archive stuff. And it's not backed up anywhere, but thank God that it survived because I would have probably just ended every show ever and jumped out of a window. That's how bad I felt. 
Well, you would have done you would have done like that dude in the um, I don't know if you've seen the commercial for the, like the Mastercard uh, Quick Pass or whatever. He spills like all his <laughs> yeah. mustard and ketchup and stuff all over this big huge dude's Red Sox jersey, and the dude <laughs> next to him's like quick on the phone getting him a new jersey at the store. That's probably you know get on your little phone, get the guy a new computer. It's it's that simple. I yeah, mean, like that Amazon ex- makes it easy. Did, does Amazon accept IOUs? Because that's <laughs> that's if if somebody can come up with that, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Uh, so, Johnny, one word for you: layaway. <laughs> th- Stroll into the yeah. Thank you yeah. for bringing that back, Kmart. Right? Yeah, exactly. Stroll in every week. Put your put your ten bucks down. In two thousand twenty-five, you'll have a new computer. It'll be it'll be perfect. Okay. All right, let's listen. Let's get into the guts of the show this week here, boys. Because we've got Eagles Dallas week. We're going to talk about the stinking Cowboys here in just a few minutes. But uh, first, I know you guys uh, talked about it earlier in the week um, at the at the at the live show. Um, uh, the rumor mills churning as we're getting close to the trade deadline. As someone who follows baseball intimately, the trade deadline every summer is obviously a huge deal in Major League Baseball, but it's not as big a deal in the NFL because trades are really hard to do in season, especially there are no blockbuster deals in the NFL. And so, but, but, but you know, we actually have had some rumor mill churning as far as the Eagles are concerned um, with the trade deadline. I know you guys talked about um, why uh, Alshon Jeffrey won't work. Um, San Francisco's Torrey Smith has been uh, discussed a little bit. I I saw Brandon Marshall's name pop up on Twitter at some point today. Um, For those who haven't heard uh, or maybe not have heard um, what was going on on uh, on Tuesday when you recorded the live show, John, um, where do you think we stand as far as the the trade deadline, all the trade rumors with the Eagles getting a wide receiver? Well, yeah, just to clarify where we say, because I don't, I don't think we really understood that you couldn't extend somebody that was on a tag. So that was our bad, and I'd like to thank the four thousand people that had tweeted that out. <laughs> yes, like we we're 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 there. We're kind of in the moment. So that's that regarding was, Alshon Jeffrey, by the way. Correct. Yeah, yeah, right. That, that's kind of out of it. But I mean, hey, man, if if Brandon Marshall is ready to get cut bait here from if the Jets are ready to do that. Dude, I'm all about it. I don't care. Like give me like I said, I've been on record always saying you could convince me to spend a one on Brandon Marshall. That's how desperate I am for a weapon in this offense. Now, I mean like as far as that goes, it's kind of a little silly cuz he's not a long-term option. He's already been on record saying once my Jets contract is out, I'm I'm done. But, you know, Brandon, you were down there. He pretty much Doug Peterson pretty much shot this thing down, right? Yeah, he really did, and it's kind of funny because Doug, uh, he could have easily probably deferred to the Howie in the front office and been like, you know, well, you know, that's not my call. You know, uh, Howie Roseman would make that kind of decision or something like that, but he just, you know, he firmly just said, you know, no, uh, there's no truth to the rumors, and he's, quote, thrilled, end quote, with the the, <laughs> the group of wide receivers the Eagles have, which just, that just can't be true. And if it's it is ex- it's echoes of Andy Reid, though, with with Torrance Small and Charles Johnson uh, and all those getting Pinkston Thrash. God, yeah, it's, it's not very encouraging to hear that. Well, and John, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you bring up like the, I, I, every single trade deadline that is not the NFL is so exciting, and then the NFL one is so boring and nothing ever happens. And like it's just that's what sucks is like it's a completely different sport because mm-hmm. it's 16 weeks as opposed to 82. Or 162, and like there's there's things that could happen in between there because there's still a lot of season left. Like you make one of those things, and you could kind of kind of go downhill. I'm actually having the same problem on the trade deadline with my fantasy football league, which is <laughs> atrocious, by the way. That's what that's what it's all about. I can't even get that going. So there's there's going to be nothing exciting, at least not on the forefront of uh, Eagles and trade deadline here. 
I have a real quick question. BLG, why not push the trade deadline back? Why is it so early in the season when you still don't really know who the contenders and the pretenders are? That's a good question. And they did push it back. I think uh, yeah, it is, this is a the bit, first yeah. year. Yeah, they think they moved it. I think it used to be week six. So they did move it back to week eight now, which I think is a little – I think that's cool. So you kind of have a better sense. But still, yeah, it's hard. And and I don't know. I guess maybe they don't want t- too many teams kind of trying to like tank and like sell off you know, all their players late in the year if, you know, it, it's it's like week twelve, and a team is you know like two and ten or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's really hard, I guess, to work out these deals because of uh, you know a lot of so many things depend on scheme and the coaching and having the off season to get adjusted to everything. I think you know the trades that do kind of happen, and which is why it's come up is you know like wide receiver is more of a position that you can kind of come in here and and just learn the playbook unless you're DGB <laughs> and it takes eight <laughs> weeks, but. Uh, so I think it's it's kind of just a, a unique sport like that. John, uh, we've been looking at the trade deadline as far as players who could come to Philadelphia, but there are obviously some names of guys playing on the Eagles right now who have been rumored in trade deadlines. Any thoughts on Barwin or Kendricks or Aguilar moving? They would probably only move if we were getting something significant, another like wide receiver back, right? I don't know if they would... Yeah, I mean, it'd have to be pretty significant for anything, and that's that's where it kind of comes into play here. I mean, like, if you're already – you know, it was kind of interesting, I think, last week where uh, Adam Schefter did that thing with the, the Vikings and talking to Howie Roseman and, and Rick Spielman and how the process breaks down. And where every GM's head is right now is like, okay, you're taking a starter away from me, then there needs to be, you know, some significant pony – uh, kind of going in there. So Connor Barwin makes a ton of sense, like from a contract standpoint, his long-term value and where he's going to be with this team. But at the same time, they they still need him, you know? And and I get it. And last week he played phenomenal. And, and there was a bunch of people that rang out and said, this is why, you know, you haters of Connor Barwin, how dare you? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> and, I, and I get it. And, that, and, and he's going to be there for those types of games. It's going to be an up and down type of year for him. I think, uh, and just a reminder that those were two, uh, you know, backup tackles for the Vikings that weren't great to begin with. But even so, they don't have the depth to kind of do that. They don't have the depth to remove Aguilar because there's and, – and as bad as Aguilar has been, which I'm sure that, that's, you know, that's, <laughs> it, it is BLG's favorite player on the planet. But even removing that, you still leave a gigantic hole um, uh, to kind of do these things. So, uh, yes, there there is always a possibility, but I think they would have to be blown away and somebody would have to pay for the, uh, overpay for those mediocre players. Yeah, and BLG, is the salary cap the fact that, you know, NFL contracts are a little bit complicated when you're talking about dead money and, you know, uh, a lot of guys on franchise tags and stuff like that? Is that part of the reason why it's it's so difficult to trade this time of year? Uh, that's a factor, and especially with the Eagles, you have to consider how much you know guaranteed money they've given to players. Uh, obviously, I think they gave what like the most guaranteed money to players this past off season by like yeah. double the amount of the next closest team. So I mean, you know, they have a lot of money locked up in the future. So you know, you're looking at like a a Torrey Smith contract, and it wouldn't be guaranteed. So you can maybe you can work it out or something moving forward, but it's still money you kind of have to fit in and figure around. I think another guy uh, who might on the Eagles who could get traded possibly would be uh, Steven Wisniewski. You know, he's kind of had those like weird passive aggressive, if you want to even call it that <laughs> comments about like by starting, not so much after last week, but after that Washington game and he's kind of just been like, Oh yeah. You know, I guess they, the coaches, you know, they're going to see who's the best player. And, and uh, you know, 
I guess I was just told Vitae looked great in practice and things like that. So uh, <laughs> I think there was already probably a possibility he could have got traded earlier in the year. I think uh, Jason Lock and Four kind of mentioned that at one point. Uh, and the Eagles have a lot of offensive linemen on the roster. You know, Samalo could really kind of take his place. Uh, I'm not expecting it to happen, but I think that's a possibility. You know, maybe you're getting him out there for like a late round pick. All right. Well, we spent the first 10 minutes of the podcast then talking about a bunch of stuff that's never going to happen ever in the world. So, Well, I I do. Before we get into the things, I I do have a question because it is kind of coming up tonight because it is Tennessee and because DeMarco Murray has been doing phenomenal. And hey, you know, former Cowboy, former Eagle on the line here. I got a question for both of you. Would you consider it a mistake of Howie Roseman or Chip Kelly uh, that he is doing so well right now? and that they let him go. I'm curious what you think of that, Brandon, because people are having this debate right now on Twitter. Am I – so what's the like, – So I'm it, basically saying who – like, is it, blame? is it Chip Kelly's fault for – I don't know, like underutilizing him, or is it Howie Roseman's fault for letting him go? I think it's Chip's fault for signing him to all of that money. He was clearly you know, coming off that huge year, and there's such a concern about those players who come off that big workload, and they're, they're never good pretty much like the year after right. that. So I think, you know, it goes into the chip and I don't think how he's fault should be faulted for getting rid of him. I think uh, there was no reason to, like that salary too. I mean, he's just, he's still do a ton of money and to get that fourth, I mean, it's only a swap of a fourth, but to have that as part of the Wentz deal, I mean, that was big and I, I would do that trade again easily, even though he's been good. Yeah. yeah I'm, John, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I I do I blame Chip a little bit too. I mean, for not utilizing Demarco, we talked about it all last year. Demarco wasn't utilized correctly. He wasn't utilized in the way that made him successful in Dallas. But he's a straight ahead runner. He's not a guy who, you know, works in Chip's offense the way Chip designed it. And so, you know, he it made him ineffective. And at that point, you know, his trade value is low in the off season. So, I mean, yeah, you can argue, you know, does does Howie Roseman should he have traded Demarco? when he's, you know, selling low, but like, like Brandon said, he got a fourth out of him and, and you do, you, you know, there were some other horses in the stable, Ryan Matthews, when he's healthy, he's a good runner. And you had, you drafted Wendell Smallwood and you, you still had Darren Sproles and they liked what they saw from Kenyon Barner, obviously. So, I mean, you know, it, they don't have a stud running back on this team, but you know, the, the Eagles running game has some options there. It would be nice to have DeMarco Murray running for 1200 yards on this team, but um, you know, I don't know. I think I blame more Chip for that than I do for Howie trading him away. I, I again, I think this is a situation where you blame both people. <laughs> Honestly, I don't yeah. know, and, and not that it matters. Like I want it. I'm not saying like, oh, we should have Demarco back. Like I wanted him gone immediately. It couldn't couldn't stand really the contract when he was signed and all that stuff. But you know, I, mean, I, I just like for as for, it just it just it's weird to me that people will take one side or the other here when, especially like. We've been saying for a long time in this town, like, I, I don't care, especially with guys like Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy, who are clearly assholes, right? Like, that's – well, I shouldn't really say that about Deshaun. LaShawn McCoy we know is an asshole. I've heard that from literally everybody. And so is DeMarco Murray. I've heard the same thing. And Remember like, the slide last year? Yes, it was terrible. It was awful. I, oh, I, yeah. could, I could not stand it. But for some reason, like – wouldn't this classify as an asshole with talent and you would have to deal with it? Like, why isn't DeMarco Murray in that, in that course? You know, I don't care really who you blame. I'm just saying like, (laughs) isn't he, doesn't he fit the exact mold of like, 
Well, yeah, but he's talented. I'm I'm actually surprised that there isn't a lot more outrage for the year that he's having. I guess because he was never really an eagle for a long period of time. That's why. But it's I mean, like he was so bad. Like I just don't think there was reason to believe he would bounce. Like I don't think there was logical. Yeah, to have the I mean, like to go back and have the revisionist history, especially if everybody was right. like pissed about, it, is ridiculous too. But at the same time, like I can't believe nobody's like, yo, man, like. He's going to be the leading rusher in the NFL well, again, and you and you gave him away for a fourth round swap. But I, I just overall, I just think it's it's kind of funny. And and yes, like there was, uh, I don't know. I, I'm still now now winning of like maybe maybe Chip Kelly's was was a lot worse coach than than he was a a GM at some point because some of these guys are playing well after after they're done with them, you know. Well, yeah, Kiko Alonso as well. Yeah, now that he's healthy, we talked about it last week on the podcast. Uh, you know, some of these guys have just had to get healthy too. Yeah. Um, you know, after after last year. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Cowpokes. Uh, the Cowboys five and one in first place of the NFC East. Uh, they have a a plus fifty two point differential, which is second best in the NFC behind the Eagles, uh, which is who has a plus sixty eight. Um, Eagles have won the last three games in Dallas last three years. Um, they beat Dallas uh, thirty three to twenty seven in overtime last year. Uh, Dallas, after losing the opener, has won five straight. They have wins over the Redskins, the Bears, the Forty ers the Bengals, and the Packers. Uh, BLG, I'll start with you. How impressive have the Cowboys been in your eyes? Well, I mean, I look at it like. They don't lose that Giants game. You know, Terrence Williams doesn't make that mistake at the end of the game. And you know, the Cowboys could easily be 6-0, and and that's really good. And uh, I think that's obviously a lot better than we all thought the Cowboys would be going into this year. You know, they're coming off that uh, four-win performance last year, and they were coming into the season with a rookie quarterback. And, you know, Dak looked good in the preseason, but I don't think we all expected him to look just as good probably in the regular season. And I don't think we expected them to look that great in the preseason either. You know, it's a fourth round pick coming in there and, you know, there wasn't really a lot of hype about him prior to Tony Romo getting hurt. So it's, it's kind of been surprising there for the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I really look at this Cowboys team and I, I, I said this on Tuesday, but I can't help but think of 2014. It's the same model. They run the ball. They control the clock. Their defense isn't that great. Uh, you know, they might rank. Uh, decent in terms of points allowed and all that, but you look at yards per play and they're still like 22nd. You look at DVOA, uh, football outsiders ranks their defense 20th. So it's just they're they're able to hide their defense because they control the clock and it, it all comes down to that run game. And it, can you stop the run game? You know, it's easier said than done, but that's really the, the going to have to be the priority for the Eagles this week. Yeah, John, I mean, the Eagles D-line versus the Cowboys O-line. Eagles D-line eight against the the Rams last week. But again, we mentioned they were without their their two starting tackles from week one. This is obviously a much different story. Uh, and I, you know, for me, this weekend is going to go a long way to determining whether the Eagles defensive line is, you know, merely decent and pretty good or if they if we can consider them an elite defensive front. What do you need to see from them this week, John? Well, uh, for the people that are in the know, they're going to know why I say these next few things. So uh, you can always tweet at me at John Barchard. <laughs> but uh, what what it is, is I think it's the Eagles D-line has basically been a mirage of hope. And really what it is, is the Cowboys offensive line is just so strong uh, against these guys. <laughs> and, you know, the, the difference here is that, like I was saying, you know, Connor Barwin can go up against some backup tackles against the Vikings, but is he going to be able to do it against this Dallas run game? And that's just, I don't think so. I don't think Vinnie Curry can really get out there and set the edge either. And 
You have two primo rookies that are playing out of their minds in Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, and it's just, it's really tough. And we all know that, yes, the Eagles' D-line, once they face up with the Cowboys, uh, usually those yards per carry go down. But I, it's a different year, just like Brandon was saying. Like, they're using a different formula here. I really think that the Cowboys just continue to come out, as our good friend and, uh, and great fantasy giver, uh, Evan Silva, uh, had pointed out, the Cowboys... <laughs> Are, you know what's coming, and you cannot stop it. And I really think that regardless of how well that the Eagles' D-line has been playing this year, I, I think the Cowboys finally will have their number in Dallas. Well, I mean, BLG, is this the best offense the Eagles are going to come up against this season? It's I mean, the, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the schedule. I don't know that the Eagles are going to see a better offense. It's the best offense of NFL history, actually. <laughs> no, um, I think the Falcons are definitely. I would I say I would say I'm more fearful of the Falcons. Just they're averaging like 33 points a game or something, and Julio Jones is just a monster. And uh, I think they're, but I mean, Dallas is right up there. I mean, the running game obviously is great. Zeke might be the best running back they faced all season. I think like who would be better? I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. He's been he's been really impressive. You know, a lot of people obviously wanted him for the Eagles when, you know, it was, it was kind of before the, you know, the trade up to two, I think some people still wanted the Eagles to take him at number two, um, Ben Natan. Um, uh, yeah, well, I know I was definitely, I was definitely shouting Tunsil at that point. I don't think I would ever trade up for Zeke, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been, he's been really special so far. Well, let's talk. I mean, last week we saw Jim Johnson not only just rely on the on the pressure from the front four, but he also brought some some blitzes. He brought some more heat than he's brought in any of the previous games, and you know it seemed to work because whoa, the whoa, idea. Whoa, John, did you say Jim Johnson? Did I say Jim Johnson? I, I meant Jim, Jim Schwartz. Ooh. <laughs> See, it's like a cross blend. Now we have to have – all right, so Alex Waldo, if you're listening to this, now your goal right now, you've done the impossible with Algalor Al Gore. Now you need to <laughs> somehow merge and draw together Jim Johnson and Jim Schwartz somehow. I know you have the talent to do it, buddy, so – yeah. Well, it's it's funny I confuse those two because their philosophies couldn't be more different, obviously. And yes, you know, yes. <laughs> but okay, yeah. So Jim Schwartz went uh, channeled his inner Jim Johnson, which there is what go. I was going to say before I was interrupted by you, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, you know, and he brought some more heat last week. He brought so he brought the linebackers. He brought the secondary guys just to get more pressure on on Sam Bradford, knowing that that Sam can't handle pressure. Dak Prescott has yet to handle any kind of pressure from any defense he's faced so far. I mean, do, John, I'll ask you do you, do you see the do you see Jim Schwartz dialing up the blitz again this week? Yeah, I think he's going to have to again. That the Dallas offensive line is just. I think it's just too good for this front four right now. So when 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 you come into this and you have, and this is something we talked about on Tuesday too, is you have the ability of guys like you know Rodney McLeod. You have the ability of guys like Malcolm Jenkins, who are really good secondary blitzers, who are very smart. They can read what's going on there. And even there was a couple of times Fran Duffy who put it up. What, what I thought was a blown play, you know, against the Vikings um, on a bubble. I think it was just on a bubble screen or something out there. Was actually just. A, a different look. They knew it was coming, and and they they kind of they kind of made it happen. I, I absolutely think that you need to see. And again, I mean, it's it's going to vary from 
from game to game here. And I would like to see what Dak Prescott does against pressure. Obviously, he's going to handle it because, as I've said many times, I think he is, you know, this is a this is a Bloodsoe-Brady type of situation that you're seeing in Dallas here. And uh, and he's going to be phenomenal. Whether he's going to come up to it, I, I think he's. I think Dak is going to come up to the test here and, and really test the, the Eagles secondary. And I think he's going to get a couple of shots in there, especially with Des Bryant coming back. But, yeah, for, for this to work, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Schwartz needs to get the blitzes and they need to send him home here. I thought you were going to call him Jim Johnson. I, I was hopeful did. for a second. I, I know. I, I knew it was in your head. I could hear it. I could hear it. And I was like, get me off oh, the by, hook. By the way, much like Gus Bradley, John Stoneless will be fired. Uh, <laughs> My pleasure. I'm glad. Happy to happy to be here for the for the nanosecond I was yes. here. So, all right. No, but I mean, obviously, you know, there, Zeke Elliott is going to be the guy that everybody keys on. And, you know, there's going to be a mix probably of run blitzing and pass blitzing as well. But yeah, the key is going to be to get to Dak Prescott. But, of course, with, with – with Dez back in the lineup, um, obviously that's gonna that's gonna draw a lot of attention, which is gonna leave the middle of the field open. And the guy who really was a thorn in the side of the Eagles last year in Dallas was Cole Beasley. Um, and one of the big matchups is going to be whether or not Malcolm Jenkins can can match up with him. And Jason Witten, even though he's nearing the end of his career, he still figures out a way to make some big third down catches. It seems like every time the Eagles play the Cowboys. Uh, Brandon, that seems to be that seems to me to be a big matchup here in this game that not a lot of people are talking about. Yeah, the Cowboys have a lot of weapons. Uh, Jim Schwartz kind of talked about that today. He was kind of like, "Oh, by the way," and they have Des Bryant. "Oh, by the way," they have the NFL's leading rusher and Zeke Elliott. "Oh, by the way," they have a great offensive line. You know, he kind of like brought all of that up, and you know, there's a lot of responsibility for the Eagles here. I think you know, you look at uh, Des, and you know, the Eagles' corner situation isn't ideal right now. You know, you do have my my favorite cornerback in the NFL, Leotis McKelvin, who almost had a pick six against Sam Bradford last week. He just he dropped it. He should have had that pick six. But, I mean, you know, him going up against Dez or Carroll going up against Dez or whoever. And then, yeah, with Jenkins in the slot, uh, we saw that last year. Jenkins, you know, played really well, I feel like, in the slot for most of the season last year. But for some reason, for, I, for some reason that probably just doesn't even make sense, Cole Beasley it was like his, his kryptonite. And uh, I think part of the issue, I think that was the game Malcolm Jenkins was playing through a concussion, you know, yes. which isn't good and not ideal. And I think he said that afterwards. So so that was a factor as well, I'm sure. I mean, I mean that's yeah, it's a huge factor. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of challenges for the Eagles defense this week, you know, for as well as they rebounded last week against Minnesota – just not a lot of, you know, not not really great offense. You know, that Vikings team, they were, they were averaging like 18 points per game coming in. Uh, it's going to be a much bigger test for the Eagles this week. Now, obviously, the 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 Cowboys offensive line, John, and and the offense as a whole, as we've been talking about, has a lot of star power. But when you flip the script and you and you look at the Cowboys defense, um, that was certainly a weakness coming into the season. Seems they've played better than anybody had a right to anticipate them playing so far. But they've gotten a lot of help. Obviously, the offense has been on the field for for a lot of the season, and the defense hasn't had to do a whole lot. But they've played pretty well. I mean, it's um, I, I guess has the defense been in more impressive than you thought they'd be. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, and they've been uh, again. It just kind of comes back down to to coaching for a lot of those guys. And you know, I think their philosophy is more of a bend don't break because you look at that and you say. Okay, yeah, they're not gonna. They're you know they're they they have a massive amount of yards that they've allowed, and their uh, plays per drive are, are pretty high. But at the end of the day, you know I think they're fourth or fifth in in points overall, and that's where um, and I, and I think it it doesn't get enough 
uh, recognition as far as their talent goes. I actually think as far as everybody says they're bad and they're underrated, but, you know, Maurice Claiborne would start in this secondary almost immediately. I think everybody can agree with that. And, uh, you know, there's, man, this is really hard to keep up. I, I, I can't, I, I have to say their defense just sucks. I can't hold it back anymore. <laughs> their defense is terrible. You ruined right? it now. I, I can't, I, it's just, I can't, I can't even bite through my tongue. You guys know what I'm trying to do. I'm going to try and flip back into it for a second here, but they, if, if the Eagles offense cannot score points against this Dallas defense, I'll be very upset because the Dallas defense is so good. It's just that good. <laughs> on the bend don't break stuff. You know what I'm saying? So like there are, there are points in time where the Eagles should be able to get there, but when it comes to the red zone and when it comes to get really tight, that's when the Dallas Cowboys defense looks so strong and just, you know, keeps them out of the end zone. So it's going to be a tough test for this Eagles offense. Well done. To say I'm a little confused right now is uh, an understatement. So what John doesn't know is, uh, well, he should uh, – here's what you need to do, John. Go to my Twitter feed and just read my pinned tweet, and then you'll know everything that's going on. Roger that. First thing I do as soon as we're done here. Um, I think I, I think I read too as uh, as I was uh, catching up on the Cowboys defense because I mean you, I challenge any Eagles fan to name four Dallas defensive players uh, off the top of their head. You can't do it. Um, I, did I read correctly that the the Dallas's leading all time sack leader currently playing on the roster has like ten and a half sacks and it's a cornerback or, or something like that? I mean, Orlando Skandrick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's their leading, you know, as far as like career sack leader is concerned for for current players. No other player on the team right now has more than that, and he's a he's a cornerback. So, you know, I mean, it seems to me like this Eagles offensive line, even with you know Halapulavati Vitae in there again, I pulled the name off again, Barchard. I pulled it off again. Just rolled it right off. It's like syrup, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, so Vitae, you know, he's starting again. Played, you know, played better last week. Um, you know, we haven't heard a lot of talk about the offensive line and the concerns about the offensive line this week, specifically BLG, because the Eagles, the, the uh, Cowboys defensive line does not exactly have a lot of star power. Yeah, that's the case. And I think, uh, you know, it's probably kind of comforting for Big V in his return to Dallas. You know, he's from Texas, that area. Uh, I think he grew up as a Cowboys fan. He has a lot of Cowboys fan friends. So that'll be interesting for him. I was talking to him after practice today in the locker room and you know he's just talking about how he feels like he's kind of settled in and the first game you know uh you know playing with a lot of you know anxiety oh not anxiety but just you know the just being amped up for that first game and against Washington and having a tough matchup there and I think we kind of you know it wasn't awesome against the Vikings but you know he, he held his own and he looked at least uh capable so there's that but uh I think this is a really huge week for Carson Wentz and I mean obviously you know the big storyline is Carson versus Dak and everything but you know, Carson Wentz has kind of, you know, he's he hasn't had an awesome last two games. Uh, Frank Reich, interestingly enough, absolved him of that first interception against the Vikings on Thursday. He said that wasn't his fault at all. But, you know, still, he threw two, two picks. He had the fumble. Uh, he was need a lot better performance out of Carson this week. And he, again, like, well, like John said before he got back in the character, this Cowboys defense <laughs> just, it's its really not that great. I think Carson really needs to come up big here, and he has to have a big game. I think, you know, he got bailed out by the defense last week. Thankfully, they stepped up and helped him out. I don't think the defense is going to be able to play that well against this Dallas offense. Carson really needs to come up big here. 
Well, yeah, and that was going to be the next thing because obviously what everybody is going to be talking about is what they're going to talk about on the Fox on the uh, Fox pregame shows. They're gonna they're gonna talk about on the preview for Sunday Night Football on NBC. It's going to be Carson versus Dak, and we're going to be you know talking about did the did the Eagles do the right thing drafting you know trading up to draft Wentz? Dak was taken in the fourth round. Who's playing better? Who's the better quarterback? John, I mean, what's what's a fair question to ask about this Dak versus Carson Wentz thing? How do we how do we evaluate these two guys because they're different players they they were taken under drafted under different circumstances and they have different rosters surrounding them yeah i i think it's i think you can still kind of do that and i mean like for the most part i think smart people would, would understand that like yes there is there is definitely a deficiency between offenses here and offensive lines and pretty much everything like they're they're completely different you know if you took if if you flip-flopped quarterbacks how really good are either one of them going to be? I, you know, that's a really hard question. And um, I, I would like to see Carson Wentz behind a, a, a Dallas line with Ezekiel Elliott and Des Bryant. And yes, even Cole Beasley, even though I make fun of him like every other second. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard. The, the truth is they're both really good. I think obviously Wentz is, excuse me, I think Dak Prescott is obviously a little better uh, <laughs> just, just because of, you know, I mean, he really has never thrown a bad pass yet to date. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's a there's an interception on his mark, but it really wasn't his fault. Uh, and you know, I, I and and again, regardless, I when it comes to uh, pass attempts, even though that Prescott is averaging about thirty per game, which uh, as John has noted here is is the fewest in the NFL, his air yards are so much stronger than Carson Wentz that it's just. You, that that factors in, you know, he's making harder throws. And uh, despite having better offensive weapons, I still think you could say, I think it's not unfair to say that Dak Prescott has had a better career thus far. You know, we're, we're very early. We're not even a week eight, but I would give the nods to Dak uh, thus far. BLG, Wentz versus Dak. You have any thoughts there? Carson Wentz. I got to take him. <laughs> I honestly think, though, yeah, but I mean, like, seriously, I mean, Dak's numbers have been a little bit better when you just look at the stats, but, you know, that's not considering the context, as you guys mentioned, of of having the best offensive line in NFL history <laughs> and, you know, the leading NFL rusher in Zeke and, and having a wide receiver like Dez. I mean, I think, you know, where would Terrence Williams even rank in this Eagles wide receiving group? Like, what did he, like, where would he rank? Ah uh, man, I, is he like better I mean, he's their, than he's better than Nelson Aguilar, right? Maybe. Yeah, I think uh, he's yeah. he's definitely he's their number part. two. I would yeah. think. Yeah, that's like depressing. Like that. That's you <laughs> know what I mean. Like that. That would be an upgrade for the Eagles. So, I mean, there's a Dak so, has, Cole, so would Cole Beasley at this point, right? I, yeah, I would think so. Maybe yeah, even, so. maybe even throw in Lucky Whitehead. Is he still with the Cowboys? Maybe. <laughs> and obviously, Jason Witten, future Hall of Famer. I mean, there's a lot of talent in that Dallas offense. Again, like we said, and, and the fact that Dak's been able to work with that, it's been great for him and and Carson. And it's just the opposite. He's nothing. You know, you look at these receivers and they're just awful. Like, you know, George, uh, Carson's leading receiver is Jordan Matthews and he ranks like 42nd in yards. And then everyone else isn't even close. You know, it's just, it's terrible. And for Carson to look as impressive as he has and to be, you know, slightly trailing Dak in the stats despite having a much worse supporting cast, I mean, to me, it's clearly Wentz. Well, what was supposed to help out Carson Wentz, because we knew the receivers, they didn't address the position at all in the offseason, so we knew that it was not going to be a big upgrade there. But the thought was that, okay, Zach Ertz is going to take a step forward. He And, you know, it seemed at the beginning of the season like that was happening. It seemed like there was a good connection between Wentz and Ertz, but Ertz has been 
invisible the last few weeks. And, you know, back when Andy Reid was was running a very similar offense, the Eagles used uh, the running backs as, as receivers out of the backfield quite a bit. And that's still happening. But um, it hasn't been it hasn't been to the point where it's really masked the, the shortcomings from the wide receivers as much. And, you know. John, Zach, where Zach Ertz has to has to come alive at some point here. He's making big money. Uh, he he's got the talent. You know, it seems like it's all there for him to be a big time receiver. And he the guy just does not seem to be able to put it together week in and week out. Yeah, and there's and, and that's always going to be kind of a question here. And I even heard Frank Reich say, you know, if he gets more snaps, then he's going to be able to get more involved. If the offense is on the field a lot longer, he's going to get more involved. Which is still like, I don't know. I think that's a little concerning. You know, like he is your best so far. He is your best weapon with hands, apparently. You know, I know he dropped that touchdown pass against Washington and everybody will uh, remind us of that every five seconds. But at the same time, like there is still I mean, like he's the best guy to get chunks of yards at this point, you know, instead of throwing a million different bubble screens or dinking and dunking or trying to take a shot every now and again downfield and hoping that DGB doesn't trip over his feet or catches a ball and the same with Algalore and all that other stuff. You're And I, and I, I still don't know. And this is starting to like get to get to me a little, as far as, you know, you mentioned the guaranteed money and you, and I start thinking of Vinnie Curry too. And like all these guys that are supposed to be cornerstones, for this, you know, window here for for as long as they're the, whatever that's four or five years uh, with the, this particular crew, and you just start to wonder, like, well, when is it, you know, when is this going to come, uh, kind of come alive here? I mean, you know, Zach Hertz was supposed to replace Brent Selick, and everybody thought that Brent Selick was gone after this year, and he's still here, you know, and you're starting to think of all these other different things. And you're just like, well, when is this, when is this supposed to pay off here for these guys? You know, uh, Zach Ertz has like three years under his belt. So it's not like it's an early season. It's not like he doesn't know what's exactly coming. I can give Vinnie Curry a little more time because this is, this is real first time as a full starter and he's still not really doing that yet. I, I don't know. I have no idea what, what, uh, how to get involved with Zach Ertz. Cause we, we've been trying to say that for weeks now. And I, I don't think just more snaps is the answer. I think you physically have to game plan. And again, it, it's a good opportunity. It seems like we're saying that a lot. It is another good opportunity for the middle of the field and, and Zach Ertz to kind of attack that this week. But I, you know, who knows? I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Well, I mean, Dallas has, you know, Dallas's defense obviously is going to give Ertz and the rest of the offense an the Eagles offense an opportunity um, to to make some plays because you like I said they they don't have a lot of talent on that side. But BLG, what would be what are fair expectations to see out of Carson Wentz this week? I mean, I don't necessarily need you to give me a stat line or anything like that, but you know what. <laughs> Obviously, we want to see we want to see something probably in between what we saw against the Steelers and what we saw last week against the Vikings, right? Uh, I'm going to say 100 touchdowns, <laughs> 100 touchdowns, negative right. 10 interceptions, yeah. thousand rushing. <laughs> no, um, I, I said earlier he needs to have a big game. Like you know, last week defense bailed him out. This week the defense is not going to be able to bail him out. You know, the defense. I don't expect the defense to. I mean, they can't kind of they can't come in here and be as bad as they were Washington and. And, and, you know, Detroit, but, you know, I, I think they can come in here and have an average game and that's fine. I think Carson needs to come in and, and do a lot of the heavy lifting here. I, I think uh, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't have a decent game. I know his weapons aren't great and we've just been talking about that, but I just don't think this Dallas defense is that great either. And I think there's going to be opportunities there and, 
And, you know, the Eagles drafted him number two overall for a reason. You know, for as much as Carson doesn't have weapons, and that's, yes, that's a legitimate issue, and they need to address that, he also has to make some plays. And I think, you know, this is a game that uh, it's going to be a big measuring stick for him personally. You know, it's it's the first Eagles-Dallas game. You know, that's huge, and this could be a rivalry for years to come. Jordan Matthews is already saying this is – Tom or Wentz versus Prescott, Brady versus next, Peyton, yeah, yeah, Brady versus Peyton, which is insane because they haven't even played yet. But uh, right, uh, you know, I just think there's a lot of pressure on Carson this week, and he has to step up, especially after he's had a couple of not so great games. And I'll, I'll add on to that real quick too, because much like you know, you look at you looked at the Vikings and their offense versus that defense, and you look at Carson Wentz versus this Dallas defense, and you you have to say. Yes, this is. I mean, like this is this is going to be a lot easier than what you just faced last week, sir. And he, like you, you need to take advantage. Of this. this is a divisional game. You're going into Dallas in a. Uh, I'm not even going to call it a hostile environment because that place is not a hostile environment at all. It is. Mm-hmm. It is not a home field advantage for the Cowboys, and that's probably why they play so bad at home, to be honest. But yeah, no, Carson Wentz absolutely uh, should have success this week. He should have. But you know, once again. The Dallas defense is so stingy and so tough to deal <laughs> with so good. that I just so good. I just don't know if he's got that in him. Yeah, I mean, well, I, that aside, Carson should have an. I mean, if you look at the two quarterbacks, Carson should have an easier time against Dallas's defense than Dak will have against Eagles the Eagles defense. So for me, I just want to see, I just want to see Carson Wentz put up a better game than Dak puts up because I don't want to have to listen to that stupid, smug Skip Bayless go on and on if Dak has a better game than Carson Wentz. I don't want to have to hear that windbag say one more thing about Carson Wentz and overrated and all that all that garbage that we hear from him every week. Well, and also, John, I don't know if we – forgive me if this has been brought up already, but Dak hasn't faced a defense like this yet. And not to say that, like, they're the best defense in the world, but, you know, they're, they're, they should be considered as one of the top ones by now, I would assume. So that is – that is like one of the main other things that I am looking for against Dak Prescott. You know, like I I don't know if he can can he handle Jim Shorts. I don't know. That so that that's the other interesting thing here. We could be expecting like this big back and forth thing, and it ends up being you know this, this yeah. crappy little seventeen thirteen game or whatever. Well, just uh, just keep this feather in your hat. Sunday's game will be the first in NFL history featuring two rookie quarterbacks. Uh, who have at least four wins going into Week 8. So this is going to be a matchup we really haven't ever seen before uh, between two rookie quarterbacks. Um, and real quick, just b- before we before we move on to uh, making some uh, some NFL picks for folks, um, you know, one of the one of the main reasons the Eagles are, are where they are has been the special teams, and we we never talk about the special teams. But without Josh Huff's kick return last week, maybe the Eagles don't go on and do what they did against Minnesota. Maybe they do, and it just takes longer. But Josh Huff's kick return, BLG, was uh, was the catalyst to kind of kickstart that team last week and, uh, and and was one of the two touchdowns that they scored. I mean, obviously, the Eagles probably have, would you say, the best special teams in the NFL right now? I would say so. You know, I think we've seen that over the past couple of years, too. I think that's one of the, the bigger highlights of Chip Kelly's coaching tenure. Is he, you know, he brought in Dave Fipp and he brought in a good special teams unit with in terms of signing players, getting Maragos in here, getting Brayman in here signing Trey Burton as an undrafted free agent. They've done a good job with that. Uh, it's been keeping up under Doug Peterson. Obviously, they kept FIP around, so that's big. You know, it's weird with the Huff thing. I mean, he is uh, the o- one of only two players since 2014 to have two kick returns for touchdowns. And oddly enough, the Eagles are the only team in the NFL right now to have 
two kick returns this season. Like, there's no other team that's had a kick return for a touchdown, which I just think is weird, especially uh, yeah, this far in. But uh, and if the Eagles get one this week, they would be the first team in NFL history to have three. So that's something to watch out for. But yeah, I think the special teams have been big. Uh, probably, I would say the best unit in the NFL right now, and uh, it could take a big play this week from Darren Sproles. It could take a punt return, you know, in a game that could be high scoring. You know, an extra boost from that again could really help out. Yeah, and you know we've seen we've seen uh, Caleb Sturgis uh, kick really well this year too, kind of uh, surprising everybody. And Donnie Jones, but one of the best punters in, in the game. It's not a coincidence, John, that these guys, you know, were not you know were not stars when the Eagles got them, but have have really blossomed under Dave Phipps since since joining the Eagles last year. Yeah, Governor of Goodness, uh, Mister uh, yeah, Donnie Longball. <laughs> uh, and and it's true too, especially with Caleb Sturgis, and it just shows you like how. Uh, maybe how important Dave Fipp is and more or less like how weird kickers are, you know, because Caleb Sturgis coming in, like once they signed him last year, I was just like, oh, great. It was a Matt Daring. <laughs> oh, great. Like this kid, this guy missed from 45 plus constantly. And you're just like, what, what do you think? I don't care how strong his leg is. Like go sign Nick Novak. You know, that was all I was like, well, this is Chip's <laughs> big first mistake. And if I only knew then, uh, and, and like, you know, you're going through all this stuff, and then and then Caleb Sturgis is look. I mean, like he looks like a stud, and and Cody Parkey, who kicked his ass off the year before, without before you know blowing out uh, three muscles in his groin, which I still can't believe is a thing and actually That's happened, awful. has has now just turned into this Joe Schmo, like you know, and it's just it, it baffles me how how well how quickly you go through. NFL kickers and you don't do that with punters a lot you know like Donnie Jones has been a good punter his entire career most of the time that just comes down to contract situations or you're a real fucking asshole and you beat your wife and you have to get released from your team after fucking Robbie Gould oh no he's a kicker too he's not really a punter so I can't use that analogy but uh, still I wanted to get the jabs in there because what the fuck I liked where you were going with it that was good it was yeah because what the fuck New York Giants you like can I just say for a quick second on that? I know it's not even a, uh, based on that uh, what we were just talking about, but how do you go? How does the entire public and you do nothing, and then your teammates speak out and they do nothing, and then you sign Robbie Gould and you do nothing, and then he kicks well in London, and then Eli App- uh, Apple's mom writes something, and that's what it takes. That's what it honestly takes to get that son of a bitch off a football team. Unbelievable. But regardless of any of that, I am I've been so impressed with Caleb Sturgis, and I can't believe that like. You know, he is I, I, like, I feel comfortable I, going in, in two years. I'm like, oh, this guy's never going to hit a 45 plus two. If it's 50 or even 55, I'm like, he's good. He's got it. Feels like a 35 yard field goal. It's it is uh, it has been huge for them uh, once again this year. Yeah, it's a nice feeling to have, you know, when you're when you're down three and your guy comes out for a 48 yard or you feel reasonably confident he's going to knock that thing through the uprights. Um, all right. Well, all right. Sunday night Eagles Dallas. It's going to be it's going to be lit as you know what. Um, NFL. <laughs> I like how like I, John doesn't curse. He's like, even though it's the podcast and like he still keeps it very, very clean for the children. I, I My dad appreciates that. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, my five-year-old loves to sit by the fire and listen to Daddy's podcast. What can I tell you? I need to make sure that's clean. Um, all right, folks, let's make some NFL picks uh, for the good people out there. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money. <laughs> 
Uh, John, why don't you go first? Uh, any games uh, on the lines you've been eyeing this week? I uh, I mean, like, I can't not look at uh, – they're going on at the same time. So Or no, uh, that's, I forget. It's Sunday night football. This is great. This just means BLG and me are going to get drunk on Saturday night and then have a Philly taco and watch Red Zone all day. So uh, there you go. this is – I, uh, New England and Buffalo is always my favorite matchup of the week, like every, every of the year, like every single time, especially with Rex Ryan being there. It goes from the Jets, goes from Buffalo. It's it's very exciting. And the fact that New England was opened up as a four point favorite going into Buffalo uh, has has got to ruffle some uh, Rex Ryan feathers. And now that's jumped to a minus six or six and a half, depending on where it is. I'm still going to take New England here because that's how pissed off Tom Brady is. No matter how how much Rex Ryan wants to beat the squad, I am taking Tom Brady's angry head uh, and uh, and all. I, I I don't think he throws another interception. I think he goes for close to another 300 yard three TD performance, and they they steamroll Buffalo with uh, out Lashawn McCoy, who I, I'm guessing is not going to go here. That beautiful, angry head of Tom Brady. <laughs> I couldn't, guess. Like I couldn't come up with anything. Else. Beautiful, angry beautiful head. Beautiful, angry head. <laughs> you just want to pet that beautiful, angry head of his. Uh, <laughs> BLG, what do you? What game do you look at? I'm looking at the Washington Cincinnati game. Uh, bound to be another awful performance in London Woo-hoo. between two teams that just aren't very impressive. I think uh, the Bengals haven't been that great this year. I think you know, Washington might have been a little better than expected. Obviously, they bounced back a little with the. Uh, they come back here, and you know they they're reasonably uh, on their way to five wins in a row before Matthew Stafford ended their their hopes and dreams last week. But uh, I'm gonna take Washington with the points because every time I do that, I feel like I jinx them. So good luck, Washington. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna ring the bell on that one. Ooh. Oh my God! Like, yeah. Go ahead. Cincinnati's gonna destroy them without a doubt. Like, well, that's why I'm picking it. Yeah, I'm, I I'm jinxing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just and mainly just because I just picked up AJ Green in a trade. So I, I, I need that to kind of happen at 9.30 in the morning. Also, shouts to at NFL Commission. Seriously, knock it off with this shit. Like, this this is terrible. It's ruining your product. Uh, and I think the NFL in London, I, I can't imagine. They keep saying, they keep intimating they want to put an NFL team there permanently at some point. It, it, it can't happen, right? I mean, there's no way they can put an NFL team. Oh, no, that's going to happen. That'll, that'll, uh, and it'll probably end up being the downfall of the product. Like, yeah. the finally, like... Yeah, we're not going to do that. Like, all of the London games will be exactly how they are now. And uh, nobody's going to like it. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely like it. awful. Yeah. Uh, BLG just, by the way, mentioned that the Bengals have, have not been all that great this year. Just to double back on who Dallas has played this year, their five wins are against the Redskins, Bears, 49ers, Bengals, and the Packers have not been that impressive either. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Eagles are probably the best team the Cowboys have played all year, too, <laughs> I would imagine, just based off, that, based off that rundown. I wanted to make that point because you mentioned the Bengals. They haven't been. Uh, terribly good this year. Also, um, want to point out they struggled mightily against the 49ers squad. <laughs> that's right, did. Oh my yeah. god, the calls in that game. <laughs> I yeah. know. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> um, the game I'm looking at this week, uh, I'm looking. I didn't see a lot that I love this week, but the game I thought I felt the most comfortable with was uh, the Raiders as a one-point underdog on the road against the Buccaneers in Tampa. I, you know, I like Jameis Winston, and you know the Buccaneers. They they have a quality about them, but you know. David Carr and you know his his duo Vamari Cooper and uh, and and Crabtree, uh, that's an exciting that's an exciting young team that that that's coming alive here and you know they're they're you know 
Tampa Bay is not exactly a house of horrors to go in and, and try and, <laughs> and, and try and beat that team. Uh, I, I think I think Oakland's on a roll. Um, they're five and two this year. They they have the look of a young team that's maybe starting to, you know, make an ascension here. And uh, I like I like Oakland as as the one point dog on the road against the Buccaneers. I'll take Oakland. Yeah, yeah that's that's weird because last week the Raiders were also underdogs. They're one point underdogs to the Jags last week. What like what? Why are we underrating the Raiders? They're five and two. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. It's it's just people have it stuck in their head that the you know for years the Raiders have been have been lackluster and I think it's just I think it's just that bias that long standing bias that the Raiders are garbage. I've I I know I've said this before but I've always loved the Oakland Raiders because I always feel like that they have they are the Eagles of the West Coast like that yes. was, even though that they're going to move to Las Vegas like that which makes them even cooler like that's what I'm saying like you're yeah. just and now it's to the point, and depending on where you look, it's actually, I think it's moved to a pick at some point. So that is literally mm-hmm. just saying, like, Oakland's going to win this game. It is so interesting. And, and they've had their flaws, too, but that is such a fun team. That it is. is. such a fun I – mean, and, they, and they did the right things that, like, Houston was supposed to and Jacksonville was supposed to. So they took Khalil Mack. And then you have Clowney, who's doing terrible in injuries. And then they took Derek Carr way, way later than Blake Bortles and Bingo Bongo. Like, he's obviously a better quarterback. They do the right – they don't, you know, do the stupid things. Uh, wide receiver-wise, they go with a sure thing in Amari Cooper. They sign, you know, Michael Crabtree on a on a one-year deal after nobody wants to put up with him. And you're just like you're, – you're looking across the rest of the defense and on that offensive line. You're like, man, I mean, they have struggles in the, in the running game, but everything else – is great about that team. Like it is so exciting to watch. I'm very happily for for Raiders fans out there until they become annoying and like win four Super Bowls and then <laughs> absolutely yeah. no. And I have the sneaking suspicion I called Derek Carr David Carr a second ago. In that's case right. I did, I, that's, I, did that's I, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, obviously Derek Carr is much better than the other one. Um, <laughs> all right, boys. Final thoughts as we get ready for Eagles Cowboys on Sunday night. BLG, I'm going to ask for a pick from you first. Eagles Cowboys Sunday night. Eagles outright. Eagles are winning this game. Mark it down. Dallas is going to do it. Four and a half and hasn't moved all week. So just wanted to put that yes. out there. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Eagles outright. I think you know I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to come down to the wire here. I think it's going to be a fun Sunday night battle. I do think the Eagles win here. They're five and one in their last six in Dallas. I think they're as you pointed out, John. They're the Eagles are the best team the Cowboys have faced all year. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a close game. I'm going to put it at. 30 Eagles, 27 Cowboys. Wow. Uh, oh. Yeah, I, I'm going to ring the bell, and I'm just going to say as, as much as I would like to, um, you know, I, I just think Dallas has their number. I think there's too much going on. I think it's a lot of the momentum is in their favor, and I'm even going to say it might even be a blowout. Honestly, I think Dallas wins this pretty easily, <laughs> uh, even though that there's, you know, this monarch of the big rivalry, and I understand that, and we want to feel good, but um, I think uh, I'm going to go Dallas 35, Philadelphia 17. You know, the NFL is such a, a, a week-to-week league, and, you know, playing great one week doesn't necessarily mean you're going to play great the next week. It just doesn't feel like there's any momentum in the NFL at all. Um, and I feel that way with the Eagles, you know, we've, I've been wrong on the Eagles every week this, this year, because it feels like when they're down, that's when they pop back up. And when they're, when they're up, they pop back down. And, you know, now you've got two teams that are, you know, both entering the game and they're both pretty feeling pretty good about themselves, feeling pretty healthy. So I, you know, it just, it feels like, you know, the uh, Cowboys are due to win a home game against the Eagles here. Um, and you know, I, 
I like what Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are doing. I'm not sure this Eagles defense can can handle what the Cowboys offense is going to throw at them. I think Carson Wentz and the Eagles offense will do okay, but I, I do think this I, I with you, John, I think the Cowboys are going to win this thing. Yes. Um, I think it yes. I, I think it will be tight, but I think it's going to be something along the lines of Cowboys 27, uh, Eagles 23. See, that's what we that's see that's if uh, even though John doesn't know what's going on, he knows what's going on. So that that is fantastic <laughs> news uh, for my ears, Mr. Stolmas. Well, again, I've been horrible at picking games this year, John. So you might not be you might not be jumping up and down um, <laughs> after the games. Well, listen, if we if John if you and I if you and I get this wrong, I think we'll be totally happy if that's the Absolutely. case uh, on, on Sunday night. Um, any final thoughts, boys, before we wrap it up this week? Uh, yes, sir. I, I was told that Terry Francona was a Hall of Fame manager and yet could not do anything last night. So I'm very curious on why that happened. Also, go Cubs, go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you mean by couldn't do anything last oh, night? Just uh, nothing. I mean, like all his managerial decisions seemed mm, bad. Ah, yes, bad, bad. In a in a word, that's exactly <laughs> how they everybody were. was they like, were. "Well, Terry Francona, Hall of Famer." After they win one game with one of the best pitchers in the Major League Baseball, all right, and then all of a sudden that just evaporates because oh yeah, they don't have anybody behind that, and he's going to have to pitch three times in this series. Good luck. Let's go, Cubs. It could get dicey. It could get dicey for Cleveland. BLG, final thoughts, pal? Final thought is listen to BGN Radio on Sports Radio WIP this Saturday night from 6 to 8. Booyah. What a plug. Dynamite that's drop That's a good it. plug. Dynamite drop <laughs> twice, twice the best color man in the business. One more thing. Um, one more thing. The food at the Green Parrot is really good. It's Yes, it is. It is delicious. It is. Uh, please, if you're in Newtown, go check it out. I used to get drunk there all the time, and it's great. And I'm going to have to try the Philly taco sometime. I know that's not a green parrot thing, but uh, I'm going to have to try that. I've heard you guys talk about it. That does sound like something that will both thrill me and sicken me at the same time. And kill uh, you, yes. Yes. And Uh, kill me, yes. And also, (laughs) along with uh, BLG and and plugging things, uh, so BGN Radio 68, of course, me and Glenn Macnow and Dan Klecka will have the pregame show starting at 6 o'clock. Well, you know... You guys know where to turn the dial for that WIP this weekend. Um, oh, duh. And, of course, uh, to our good sponsor, Clip It, because, fellas, I don't know if you heard this today or not. And I can't believe we didn't lead with this. Twitter <laughs> is getting rid of Vine. Oh, my God. That's right. Vine is no longer going to exist, which I was started to panic because I was like, oh, my God, there's going to be. There's going to be no more awesome clips of football going on in my timeline. But then I remembered everything's going to be okay because clipit.tv, clipit TV, the hottest app that is out there. 30 second live television, HD clips in the palm of your hand. So, you know, as we're breaking down games and everything, and of course, Joel Embiid last night, fantastic debut. Um, tonight, you got to see Andrew McDonald look like an asshole and give up goals <laughs> against the Flyers. And you can promote those things on your timeline, on your blog, on Facebook because of Clip It. It is, it is from the moment live television all the way back to two hours, and it's great. And it now has CSN Philly uh, and all of the, the uh, their coverage on the app now. So I know Vine was near and dear to our hearts for the last three years, but Clip it is here to save the day. So that is uh, that is my final thought rolling out of here. John Barchard, BLG, thanks, boys, for, for doing uh, BGN Radio episode 198. I'm your host, John Stolnes. Talk to you all next week here on the podcast. Go Birds!
Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours. So anyway, so while we're waiting for BLG to yeah. learn how, how to learn how computers work, um, here we go. Hey, what there up? he is. What up? <laughs> we're in. Hey, all right. The band is together. How you doing, pal? Doing all right. I'm glad my laptop is alive. Me too, man. I mean, like John, <laughs> oh you have God. no idea. Like I, my heart sunk to my feet because we were wrapping up the show. Right, oh and yeah. everybody, we're just saying our goodbyes. I was literally wrapping the cords, and I was just saying, "Okay, it's saved on your desktop. Just whenever, uh-huh. just just email it to me. It doesn't have to be tonight." And he's like, "Cool." And he reached over to say goodbye to his cousin, who was nice enough to come over. And the next thing I see is like a gallon oh. of water go on top of the keyboard. And Brandon's just like, "Oh wait, that's not cool. That's not cool." And yeah, then, like, that's not show, good. Shoving ice off of it and water. And I'm like, "Where is a bar napkin? Hello, does anybody work here? Holy shit!" Oh it my gosh, nuts. that's awful. And it started flickering, and because like I asked him to bring the computer out because like we were having issues. Like James's computer had died. My computer, for whatever reason, will not recognize my USB cords, which I the, everything I record on. So like I'm like, oh my god, Brandon had all of his stuff on there, and he brought it out, and it's gonna get nuked in one night because we decided to have water next to his computer. Like, I'm like, oh, my Jesus. That is a rookie radio mistake, it my is. friend. You so, know better than that. Goodness gracious. So from, from now on, like, it got me thinking. I was like, all right, no nice. one's computer's dying. No one's getting ice yeah. thrown on it. I was like, I'm going old school. And as soon as we get paid again, I'm going to buy, like, the old school, like, digital recorder with the two, like, the, yeah. you remember those, John? The fucking clunky, oh, yeah. like. It's <laughs> like absolutely, we'll just, absolutely, we'll just do it like that, and re-record it, as, and we'll dump it into a computer. That's fine. Yo, like, I, I didn't, John. I never told you my, about my last night at WIP um, when I was working there as an engineer, uh, as a, as a producer, or whatever. Um, like it was my last night, and um, you know everybody knew I was leaving. I had been there for like a year and a half, and uh, so it was my last shift. I was like working Sunday night. It was like the Sunday night shift, working until midnight or something like that. And my, my my last damn night, I spilled water on the board. No. Now, at this the time, main, wait, the main board. Yes. Oh my god! And this was when this was when WIP was still running all their spots on carts. Oh. So man. we had we had like an old school board, like it wasn't a digital board. So you know the water seeped in, oh, and no. six of the faders went haywire, and oh, spots started playing. Like oh no! I couldn't control it. Like I had to, <laughs> had to yank all the carts out of out of the uh, out of the uh, cart decks and stuff like that. And I was like, "What am I gonna do?" I had to call the poor engineer who was actually I don't even remember the guy's name, but he was so cool about it because I was pretty good. I was pretty good for those guys. Like I was like the only mm-hmm. producer he trusted to dial up the ISDN for Sixers and Flyers games and stuff. Oh okay, yeah. So yeah. like I had I had made my bona fides a little bit, but dude, I felt awful and since since that day it's been like it's been like 16 years since i worked there i have never put a drink near my board ever again because that was yep. yeah. i was mortified that was awful yep. 